Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Focused on Forward. I'm very excited today because I get a chance to sit down with an extremely inspiring person, inspiring to me. The research that I've done on Tracy Brown has led me to want to speak with her even more. I saw her name pop up uh, on a a search I was doing and I thought, wow, she'd be really cool to talk to. And the more I got into finding out about her, wow, she's going to be really cool to talk to. Not only is she a speaker, a writer, an author, if you will, uh, but this is something that she knows about personally. She has had to personally deal with the physical and emotional scars that can be the result of PTSD. Tracy has learned how to navigate to manage her own PTSD and is now helping others to learn how to rescue themselves from the the debilitations of PTSD. So Tracy, I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you for being a guest on Focus on Forward. Thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate it. And and it's it's hugely important to get the message out because uh, I know for me, for many, many years, I never talked about anything. So just talking about it and maybe having listeners hearing, uh, hopefully that will encourage them. My hope is always to encourage others to speak up because we have a voice to use. Absolutely. You know, many times on the show, we talk about the importance of, of smashing the stigmas around us, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to things that affect our emotional and our mental health, because those things are typically kind of kept under a basket, you know, without a light sh- being shine on them. And so I'm hoping that today, if, if even just one person listens to this, and this is really the, the whole goal of the show, if we can get one person to listen to each episode and say, I needed to hear that today. Yeah. that you know and it affects them positively then i feel like we'll we will have done our job so i agree uh, with you yep. yeah so tracy if you would please uh, to the depths of which you're comfortable please share with us your story and and how you had to learn to become focused on forward with ptsd yeah thank you and uh you know it's 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 a fairly long story but i i've gotten pretty good at encapsulating it a bit <laughs> but <laughs> yeah because you know as you get older your story gets longer you know but um I, at, at the age of eight, uh, I was severely burned and I was, uh, I was hospitalized and, and they thought I was going to die. And, uh, you know, this was a long time ago before there was 911 and burn units and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was in the, in the hospital for months and, and, and I have a lot of physical scars because of that. But I also have a lot of emotional scars because of that. But I never knew, you know, I was eight years old. That was back in 1969, and nobody really even talked about PTSD. You know, they were just trying to make sure that the the physical wounds were were not going to kill me, right? So um, years later, uh, you know, I was 10 years outpatient with the different surgeries that I had to do and whatnot. And you know, all the all the while, you know, I, looking back, I can I can understand that, that things were shifting in my emotions. I was shutting down. I was 
I was much more uh, reclusive and whatnot. And, um, and, and then uh, about when I was 21, 22, I went in the United States Coast Guard. And, you know, I had a, a heart to be a part of something bigger than myself. And, uh, you know, the Coast Guard was, was pretty cool. You know, it's like they, they go out and do search and rescue. And I did that. I was in San Francisco in, in 1983. So that kind of gives you an idea how old I am. <laughs> so 1983, they didn't have a swim school. You know, they have now they have a rescue swimmer school where you actually get a designation, which is an RS designation, rescue swimmer. Well, I didn't have that. In 1983, we had a, a three-week course, basically. And, uh, you know, this is how you do a rescue. This is how you go get somebody. Don't pull on the arms. Don't pull on the limbs. Don't do this and don't do that. And, you know, hope it all works out and we'll see it out in the water kind of thing. And, again, encapsulating. There's a bit more to it, a little bit of EMT sure. stuff. But over the years, what I found that back then, the Coast Guard didn't have great response times. We didn't have a lot of money then. We were under the Department of Transportation. Now they're under Homeland. They've got all kinds of money and all kinds of toys and they go fast and all that good stuff. And the rescue rate is a lot higher than it used to be. And so okay. it seemed to me that, you know, every time we went out, we were just a little bit late. You know, we did have a few rescues there and it was really great and that is uplifting. But as you go through, you know, the preparation and the adrenaline and the excitement and the hope really of rescuing somebody. And then that, instead of rescuing a living soul, you're really just recovering a, a lifeless body that really wears on the soul. And so, you know, I got out in 89 and, and, and I called VA and, and they didn't really see me in the system because nobody told you how to go from the active duty to the inactive non-military VA side. They didn't make that connection for you. You know, basically I got a, a, a dental exam and said, your teeth are good. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's great, but my head's really kind of messed up here, you know? And so I was very depressed. And so I basically spent a good 35 plus years of undiagnosed chronic PTSD. And so oh, wow. and that, was from, that was from, you know, not just the rescues that, that you go through and all that stuff, but I'm sure it had a little bit to do with the, with the burns and all that kind of stuff, all of it, because traumas compound. They build on each other. And this is something I've learned going through, through some great therapies. And they build on each other. And what happens is, is you shut down and more and more and more, and then you lose connection. And I guess my, my realization was I was realizing that I was getting, my world was getting smaller and smaller. And so I wasn't connecting with people the way that I would, I would observe other people connecting. And it's like, why, don't, why, why am I numb? Why don't I feel those things? And so these were things that, that made me go, <laughs> hmm, maybe something's wrong here. You know, I'm, I'm a, a physical therapist or physiotherapist by trade. I'm a director of uh, physical rehab. And one of the statements that we use a lot is pain is an indicator that something is wrong. And so I started realizing, you know, in my, in my teaching my patients, you know, how to work through physical scar tissues that's when the light bulb really went on for me as to, wow, I've got some emotional scars that haven't healed and they haven't been, they haven't been treated. And so that's kind of my story in a nutshell of basically 30 years of, of undiagnosed, 30 plus, probably 40 more years of undiagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder, which was chronic at this time. And, um, you know, uh, and, and my, my, literally my move, my move to uh, how do I play bigger? How do I, how do I, how do I 
cure this dis-ease of what I've called the dis-ease of playing small. Okay. You know, playing, playing not to our full potential. And it's a speech that I did on Amazon. So um, I guess that's that's kind of the the, the story as it is in the capsule. Sure. All right. Well, let me ask you this, Tracy, because you, you uh-huh. kind of touched on it briefly, but it's a question that I've always wondered about with the Coast Guard and, and when people are going out to rescue others. And, and you mentioned, you know, getting yourself amped up to go out and, and ready to do that and to, to be of assistance and, and serve others. But for the times that it didn't, what looking back on it, what was the emotional impact that it, that the the non-successful trips had on you? Devastating. I mean, it's because your whole one of the mindsets, and and I, I teach a lot about mindset because mindset is the overarching of everything. How you think is how you are. As you think it, so you are. And so mindset is everything. So going out on a, going out to a rescue, there's a lot of prep that happens, uh, not just equipment prep, but a mental prep. You know, I was the designated swimmer on the boat. I was the person going in the water. The, the coxswain was the person driving the boat and getting it close. And then you've got your crew member who is also an engineer who's keeping the boat running, but they're also a crew member at the same time because we're all crew members. You know, you've got this, this camaraderie. There's, there were three of us on the boat three people on a 41 foot boat going out to find somebody. And when you did find somebody, it's like, okay, these are the things you do. And training is big, you know, and any, whether it's military first responders, whatever it is, your training kicks in because adrenaline is a crazy thing. Mm -hmm. It's not only numbing, but, but it shuts a lot of things off because you're just on autopilot and your training really takes you through a lot of stuff. And, and there's this belief and, and I think that belief and, and mindset are, are everything. And there's this belief. We, we truly believed that we were going out, we were going to get somebody, and we were all coming back. There was just no, no other, there's no question. You know, you used to say you got to go out, but you don't have to come back. Well, that's not true. You know, I was at a base where it's like, no, 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 you come back and you bring back people with you. And so there was this mindset. And then when that, when that doesn't come to fruition, it's emotionally, physiologically, chemically, it's all this huge um, disappointment. I mean, that, then that's a, that's a mild word for it, but the, it's just this huge letdown. And, you know, it's interesting when we'd get back, we would debrief and we'd talk about, okay, what could we do better? You know, how, how could we do this and this and this, but we never addressed the emotional aspect. You know, I would, I would go, I would go, the first time I remember calling my mom, the first time I went on one of these calls and I was just, I was, I was bawling. I was devastated because we didn't save them. Yeah. And so you have to learn, you know, you have to learn to compartmentalize. And I always say that that's the super, that's the superpower of first responders is compartmentalizing, put it in a box somewhere and go on to the next thing. And that's really great when you're in the midst of crisis but it's a terrible thing and it doesn't serve you going down the line because it's really tough to open that box. Right. I was just, I was just going to say that. That's yeah. yeah. Great for the moment. Yeah. Great for the moment. It, it serves its purpose, but, but it, but it'll, it'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward. That's, that's going to be emotionally just fraught with pain. Fraught okay. with pain and fear. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, for years I wasn't going to open that box. I would, I wouldn't, there's an emotional thing that you, that you fear that there's a kind of death, you know? So it's, it's as fearful as death. It's like, if I open that, I will die. 
and not that I'm going to die, but I probably won't. I felt like I wouldn't function in society. I figured I would just curl up in a ball and just blah, you know, nothing. And I've been self-employed for 30 years. So you don't curl up in a ball because you don't get paid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Understood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you mentioned something else. You're talking about, you know, going through the, the physical therapy things and, and, and realizing that pain was an indicator that something was wrong. You said that that kind of clicked a light bulb in your head. I was hoping you yeah. could expand a little bit more on that and what that exactly meant for you and, and some of the realizations that that led you to. Yeah. A great question. Um, yeah. For, so for years, you know, I, I work with patients that's, and, and the way I describe it, it's like, let's say that you have a broken ankle and, um, and if you don't get it looked at and fixed, what it does is, and it's a natural thing that the body does, and this is probably one of the best things for me to realize the stigmatism of the PTSD, you know, shock and what your body goes through with an injury, it's a natural process. It's a very normal process. The, the scar, the, the tissue around it swells up because it's trying to immobilize it, right? It's trying to protect it. It's a protection mechanism. Well, we do that emotionally as well. So, so, and I have described this over years, decades to people. Okay, so this is shutting down. It's going to hurt a little bit, but we got to get it moving. We've got to get range of motion. And, you know, we've got to, we've got to you know, take care of this scar tissue. And as I was describing this to a patient in physical therapy, it literally a light bulb went off on me and it's, oh my gosh, that compartment, that box that I'd put all those emotions into, I can't, I, I'm stuck. I mean, I wasn't moving forward. In fact, I was moving backwards. I was, I was not able to address those things because I was, I was injured. And I had so many stigmatisms around that mental injury. And here I am doing physical, you know, scar tissue therapy. And it's like, okay, I, I need to, I, I need to take some initiative. I need to go out and seek someone that's that knows how to do this just like i would go see a doctor if i broke my leg i need to go see somebody who understands how this is working because i don't get it and it's not not due to not not trying i mean there are many for years i would read self-help books and, and Brene brown actually says this beautifully self-help is 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 a misnomer we cannot help ourselves we can take the initiative and we can ask and we can, we have to do that. Nobody can do that for us, but we need to find somebody outside of ourselves. I have a friend, Carol Boston. She says, we can't fix ourselves because we're all in a jar and we can't read our own label. We've got to have somebody that looks inside the jar and read it. Right. And so I needed somebody to look inside my jar and read the label and help me out here. Cause I'm, I'm lost. I've read, read every book that you can read on how to fix it. And I can't do it because I didn't have the tools because I wasn't able, I didn't, I just didn't have the tools. I love that analogy. That is awesome. About looking inside the jar. That's, yeah, that's phenomenal. Really, yeah, really it really, it, yeah, that, that honestly, that really is very brilliant because, you know, uh, it, it speaks to me on a couple of different levels because, you know, in one way I'm, I'm imagining myself inside the jar trying to look out, but all I see is things in opposite, in a, you know, opposite from yeah. what they are. You know, yeah. uh, if you're looking at the, at the label from the inside out, either you're not going to see it because of the way it's printed or you're going to see things in reverse. And anyway, it just it just that just got my mind racing in a whole lot of different directions. That's another topic for another time. But but OK. So, yeah. So so another thing that you just mentioned, and I, and I love this, too, uh, you, you came to the realization that you had stigmas 
about all these different things. Yep. Share with us, if you will, uh, again, to the depths of which you're comfortable, what type of stigmas were, are we talking about here? What were the things that you were afraid of when it came to your own mental injuries? Well, a couple of them. First and foremost, I, you know, I, and I, by probably around the 2000s, somewhere around there, you know, there, there was a lot of talk about, you know, mental health, PTSD and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so it's like, but in my mind, I was like, the, the first thing was that happened so long ago that can't be affecting me now, which is, you know, that's, that's a non-truth as well. And, and I talked to patients with physical injuries that they're dealing with them 20 years later because they've shut down because scar tissue continues to grow unless you address it. So you might've hurt yourself 20 years ago and you know, okay, it healed itself. Well, nothing heals itself. Right. And so now you're just losing your range of motion in, in your hand or your ankle or wherever you had your injury. Well, I was getting to that point of critical mass in my emotional injuries where I had no latitude. And so what I had to do was, you know, the stigma of, oh, that happened too long ago. It couldn't be affecting me. The other stigma was I was never in combat. I can't have PTSD. And so I started comparing my injuries to somebody else's injuries, my insults. And so and one thing that I've learned and I try to try to speak out to as many people as I possibly can, there is no comparison. You can't compare your trauma to somebody else's. There's no comparison. Trauma is trauma is trauma. And every single human being goes through some sort of post-traumatic stress, no matter what. Every single human being, if you have, a, if there's a trauma, if you see a car accident, you're going to go through post-traumatic stress. Now, the question is, do you go into a trauma loop? Do you go into a post-traumatic stress type of disorder where you, you don't let go of it? It stays with you. It doesn't move through you. It doesn't go out of you. And so that, that there's differences there only in that respect, but trauma is trauma and trauma. Every single person has some sort of stress over it, whether they move through it quickly or slowly. And I didn't know that. So my stigma was, um, you know, I wasn't in combat, so I can't have PTSD or whatever happened so long ago. It was so long ago. Of course that can't affect me. And I should just, I, and, and here's what I did. I should it on, I should on myself. And this is what I tell you, don't should on yourself. But I said, I should be over this by now. Right. Yeah. This shouldn't affect me. I should be fine. I should be able to. And, and it doesn't work because whatever happened, I mean, 70% of the population is affected by trauma. That's a, that's a, a statistic. 70% of the population is affected by trauma. 20% of those people go into the trauma loop. So you've got millions of people walking around with PTSD that probably don't even know it. And that, that to me is, 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 I didn't know it. I didn't know it until a friend of mine posted on social media, uh, four, uh, 16 characteristics of post-traumatic stress. And I had 14 of those. Oh, wow. Come to find out there's a whole lot more. They, you know, in the, in the VA, they give you a test of 44 questions and you rate them. And out, out of those 44, I had 40 of them. Wow. So you can't compare and, and comparing just throws us into another loop. You know, if there's pain and this is what I teach, if you have pain, if you're trying to achieve something and you keep running up against these walls, if there's some pain that you're playing small, there's something, there's something that's holding you back. And, and I would encourage people to really 
actively look for what it is that's holding them back. And it's scary. And if you need to do it, do it with somebody. I, I always encourage people talk to somebody, somebody you trust, talk to them and say, look, I, I can't push through this. Help me read, help me read my label. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, we always like to know what people have gone through and, and, and to a certain point, but as the show is titled, we like to learn about their journey of being focused on forward. So for you, what did that look like and how did you start becoming focused on forward? Thank you. That's a great question. So I, what I did is once I realized, because realization is the key, once I realized, okay, there's something wrong here. I, I was having way too much pain internally. And it's not necessarily a physical pain. It was just that there was a constant angst. There was a constant discomfort. And once I, once I realized, okay, there's something wrong here. I need to take, I need to look at this. And not only do I, and you can take need out of there. I really wanted to, because I wanted to move forward. I felt as though I had a voice and I wanted to use it. So there has to be some sort of impetus and some sort of desire to move forward. Otherwise you won't. So, you know, part of it is looking at a goal or something that you want to achieve. And if you can't get through to that, you know, I, I'm a, I'm an athlete as well. And so I always teach people, it's like every athlete, the top athletes, Tom Brady, everyone, they all have coaches. They all have people to, to, to help them see inside their jar. And so what I, I did is I actively being in a, a veteran and finally getting into the VA system, uh, I reached out. I said, you know, because they have a very, very good PTS program. They've got a very succinct way of walking people through that that is very safe and you know for me that was I was just afraid I wasn't going to survive you know financially I didn't think that if I opened up this box I didn't think I was going to make it you know be able to pay my bills so they have a, a great way of walking you through this so I had I had to make a decision and I talked to a lot of people you this is the one thing I nobody can do for you you really have to choose. You have to make a decision that you want something more than where you are. You know, I, I can survive. I can be here. I could have stayed in that box. I could have stayed there in that pain, but I wanted more. And so for me, my moving forward point was I wasn't, ha I wasn't satisfied with where I was. And, and, you know, I have great faith. I, I believe that, you know, we are here for a purpose. God put us here for a purpose. And I wanted to achieve that purpose. And so I made the decision to reach out. And, and that's, I think for a long time in my life, I wanted somebody to reach in, but nobody could because nobody knew that I was hurting. You get really good at pretending. You get really good that everything's fine. And on paper, everything was fine. But on the inside, I was dying. Right. And that's a lot of what PTSD is. It's like, it's this great facade of what's, you know, I'm good, I'm good. And, and, and you know, you're not. So, uh, you know, my encouragement is find that thing that you want to do. You know, and, and one of the questions that I ask a lot of the people that I work with is, you know, really it all comes down to what do you want? What do you really, really, really want? And what are you willing to do to get there? Mm -hmm. Legally, you know, morally, ethically, all that kind of stuff. But what are you willing to do? And I was willing to, at that point in time, I was willing to open Pandora's box and go, okay, whatever, whatever's there, this is what's holding me back. And I, I, I need to resolve this before I can move forward. Okay. 
I think one of the, things, the interesting things you, you mentioned here as well um, in the last few minutes was talking about the comparisons of your PTSD to someone else's and how that prevents you from moving forward. So in, in my own circumstance, um, again, I'm, I'm not combat. I have no, I'm not a veteran. I have no combat experience, uh, anything along those lines. So for me to be told that I had PTSD was a shock because immediately I'm like, well, I haven't been through a traumatic life experience where I was afraid for my own life. I, you know, I was going through all the things because I have relatives who have PTSD and, and who I have, you know, a sibling who is combat, uh, combat veteran with a lot of, uh, vet, you know, a lot of experience in that field. And he has PTSD from it. And, and in helping him navigate some of his things, I'm going through all that in my mind and I'm comparing my traumas to his going, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, I wasn't, I've never been shot at. I've never been, you know, um, trapped under a vehicle or anything on the, along those lines. And so I think for people who have PTSD, who are not uh, veterans of war, who, are, who don't have that combat experience, we become immediately dismissive that this yeah. is even a possibility of something that could be on the horizon, not understanding that PTSD is an umbrella that covers a great multitude of things. So mm -hmm. I think it's important that we recognize that. And I'm, I'm glad that you got to a point where you did recognize that and they've been able to move forward with it because that can be a, that can be a crusher if we're not paying attention to that. If we're, if we dismiss it to the point where we don't take, start taking the advice and making the changes. Yeah. And, and also in that comparison, when we do compare there, I mean, there's enough shame as there is, as it is when you feel you have, you know, diminished mental capacities, right? When you feel as though you've got PTSD because it does diminish your capacity and there's enough shame on it as there is. And then you compare yourself to somebody, you know, who's been in combat and that just puts even more shame. How dare I? Right. How dare I say I have that when they have that? And that shuts you down even more. And I, I, I always believe that's the enemy of the soul, just trying to shut people down. Because I believe every human being has a voice. We all have a story to tell and we all need to hear it. Because somebody might be listening to you and might hear you and really resonate with you. But, but somebody may not. But they might resonate with me. They might resonate with somebody else. So we all really need to tell our stories so we all can heal. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. let's talk about some of the other things that you you've done in your process of, of moving forward in life. So you've written a couple books. Let's talk about those. Yeah. Uh, well, if you, don't you mind. know, it's really, and I don't mind at all, actually. Uh, the first book that I wrote is called Rescued Recovery, and it's a veteran story of, of personal discovery. And, and that was really, it was interesting because I thought I was going to write another book. And I, a friend of mine and slash coach, she was my writing coach. Um, she got me started on this and I started writing and that's literally when I, I was like, wow, I am so blocked. I can't even, I can't even touch any of these, but I, I had to put that book on hold for almost eight months, actually a year. And I did a year of therapy before I could even come back and write. So, you know, I, because I, I just, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't tap that space. So that was the that was the last straw in my moving forward part and, and getting to me to move forward. But the book Rescued Recovery is really my story of my time in the Coast Guard. So it it talks about, uh, you know, kind of compares, you know, these are these are some things that happened. And it tells a little bit of my, my story of getting burned. But it's really my journey through discovering PTSD and how I started to move out of it and how, to, how I realized 
that you know what it's a, a, an emotional injury or insult is the same as a physical one we go through the same processes right. and so i really that's that's what that book is about and then my second book uh is called uh, women who boss up and it's creating a lifestyle that you love and it's really kind of an interesting uh bookends you know one is just like here i am raw and and, and you know hopefully uh, coming out of this and and the bossing up is really the the I'm taking charge and I'm moving forward. And uh, and since, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, speaking engagements, it's really amazing. I, I love that. My, my favorite part of this whole game, as it were, that I'm playing in this life right now is, is really getting on stage and speaking to people and really connecting with people. And um, so... Yeah, the rescue to recovery is was is really my my story. And it's what I would highly recommend to anybody that that if they've if they've gone through PTSD or they know somebody or they know somebody that has it and they, they're not addressing it. It's one of those kind of things where it's a, it's I think I made it a good enough read where there's enough stories in there that it's interesting. Um, but it but each story has a point. And so okay. I, I hope that I hope that's something that that people will find um, helpful in the process of maybe processing their own PTS or even helping you process it if you know somebody that has it. Wonderful. There's a there's a blurb on your website about the book, and I, I love the way this is written. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read right from your website. Yeah, go for um, it. Um, and I think it's important to read this because I think many times, again, we want to make the distinction that. Uh, post-traumatic stress is something that affects everyone. It's not because you were in the Coast Guard. It's not because you were uh, whatever in life. It's it's just something that you went through and that yeah. can apply to anyone. But I love how it's put here. It says, this is a book written by a veteran and her personal challenges with coming to terms with and understanding playing small mindset around challenges and post-traumatic stress. It's a reflection of work as a physiotherapist, CG missions, I'm assuming Coast Guard missions, trainings and skewed understandings. This is not just for veterans. It is for the helpers, healers, heroes, and warriors of all walks. Those that feel the need to stay strong when everything feels like it's falling apart. And I love that just a little bit because it's helpful for anybody who's looking at this and, and you know, they may think, well, well, she's a veteran, you know, I, you know, there's, there's nothing about our stories that are similar. But just reading that little blurb helps us to understand that this is an issue that that is that applies to everyone and, and everything that they're doing. Yeah. So I think that's really important. Uh, and we'll put a link uh, for your book in, down in below in, in the show notes so that people can can find it right here on your on your website, rescuetorecovery.com. Thank um, you. Sir. Yeah, but let's also talk about you have a you know you have a, a also a little handbook called uh, PTS definitions and resources. How does yeah. that help? Uh, you know, it really, what I, what I, the reason why I put that out is it's just a little, a little thing of describing, I, I'm big on definitions. So definitions have really saved me in a lot of things, because a lot of times we get definitions wrong. Uh, Post-traumatic stress is one of them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what I thought it was and what it really is. And so for me, being able to put out something that gives some defining things, you know, it's like, here's some characteristics. Here's some things that you may not think that you have this, but if you're dealing with this, this, and this, and this, you might have, you might be looking at something like this. So it was really just, you know, if people didn't want to read a book here, just, just read a quick handout. Sometimes I'm a cliff note kind of person, you know, I just want to get the headline or I want to get, you know, the basic basics of it. 
And uh, so I, I thought it would be helpful. And there's some resources in there that, you know, I get it. Not everybody can go to the VA, you know, right. and a lot of people can't afford any kind of therapy. There's a lot of free therapy out there, you know, mm -hmm. but again, what are you willing to do? You know, what do you want? And what are you willing to do? Are you willing to go out and do some searches and maybe, you know, kiss a few frogs before, before you find your prince, you know, or, or you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, because life is a risk, right? And not everybody right. is a great therapist and, and you're not always going to find a great doctor or this or that. So what are you willing to do to achieve your goals? What are you willing to do to move forward? What are you, what are you willing to do to get out of pain? And right. I have to deal with this with patients all the time. It's like, man, it hurts when you do that. Yeah, well, do you want to have full range of motion in, in what you're doing or, or do you want to just stop? Because we can do that too. Right. You know? So it really comes down to what do you want to do and what are you willing to do to get it? Absolutely. Uh, there's a saying I've heard in life that, you know, we, we sometimes confuse regression with progression. And, and, <laughs> yeah. if, and if we're not careful, we'll stay in regression. So, yes. you know, and so it's, it's interesting that you, you, you know, you talk about you, uh, how you deal with that with your physiotherapy as well. You know, yeah. the, the, because really it, there's a lot of similarities there. When we talk about physiotherapy, when we talk about mental therapy, there, are, yeah. there's going to be some stumbling blocks. There's going to be some, some plateaus we hit that take us yeah. a while to be able to push through. And it may be uncomfortable pushing through those plateaus, but yeah. if you want to have that full range of motion, or we'll say full range of emotion, emotion. Yep. yeah, we have to be able to push through uh, some of those, some of those uh, plateaus and move forward. Yeah. So in your experience, what are some of the best ways that we can employ to be able to help us push through these plateaus? You know, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm very, I'm really practical. I'm a very practical, fundamental kind of person. Uh, as an athlete, I, all we learned was I had a great coach, and he, anytime we would get a little cocky, he'd bring us right back to fundamentals. You know, okay, throw the ball to first. You know, that kind of stuff. And so, I'm very fundamental. So I, I have basically three things that I do that I that I teach. And the first and the first thing that every single one of us can do, no matter whether you got PTS or not, if you want better clarity, is let's take a look at what am I putting inside my body? Because we are a chemical reactor. I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God, but I said, if you set the spirit apart, we are a, a we're a chemical reactor. Right. What you put in, you know, and I, I tell people, it's like, how many people get a, get a lull at about two o'clock in the afternoon? You know, you start nodding off. Like you, you can't even keep your eyes open. That's chemistry. That's your blood sugar dropping so low that your body screams for something. And what do we usually put in? We usually put in some sort of a carb, some sort of caffeine, something that's going to give us that jolt because we need energy now. So if we start even just looking at changing our diet, shifting into a, a more healthy, a cleaner diet, that first and foremost, drinking a little more water, sleep. Sleep is one of the hardest things for people with PTSD to, to really engage in, to get to sleep. Because, you know, I had, I had nightmares. I had night terrors for 10, 15 years. Understood. So I just didn't want, to go, I didn't want to go to sleep. You know, I'd see dead bodies everywhere in my brain. And so, you know, it's like, not going to go to sleep. Well, sleep is a healer. Sleep is that, that thing that allows us to have the energy and, and to do fixes. But if we're putting the right stuff in our body, getting some good water, get some good rest. And the other thing is exercise. And we all eat, no matter what, we all got to eat. So right. how about we get a little cleaner in our eating? 
You know, how about we get a little bit more water in our, in our diet? And how about we really focus on figuring out how do we, how can we get some more sleep? How can we get better sleep? And then from there, you know, my next thing is, you know, actively look for the things that are holding you back or actively look for the things that you really want to do in life. And then what you need to do in order to get there. And if you're dealing with emotional issues or PTSD, tell somebody, tell somebody that you care about or somebody that you trust, tell them, you know, I'm really struggling here because nobody can read your mind as much as you'd like them to. They cannot. Very true. Very true. Yeah. All right, guys. So she has a wonderful website. There's a lot of a lot of good information on here. There's a lot of uh, things that you can go look at and things that you can find that'll be help, maybe helpful for you in your journey to overcoming and pushing through post-traumatic stress. If it's something you're dealing with, with or if it's something that one of your loved ones are dealing with, you're definitely going to want to check her out on rescue2recovery.com. Now, but before we get to a point where we can say our goodbyes and, and thank Tracy for being here, we have two questions that we have to ask her because they're the two questions we ask every guest. Like so, it. Okay. All right. So Tracy, here we go. So question number one, looking back over the entirety of your experience, what's the single greatest lesson that you have learned? That's a great question. Um, listen. Listen to your heart, listen to your soul, listen to others, but listen, take some time to listen, quiet the noise around you and in your mind and just listen because you will learn, you will learn a lot and then you'll have decisions to make because of it. Okay. I like that. Good. All right. So question two, pretty similar in nature, looking back over the entirety of your experience. What's the single greatest piece of advice that you have been given? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, you really can do anything if you choose and put your mind to it. You really can. And I, I truly believe that. And then mm -hmm. my mom taught me that way back when I was burned. When I was going through all that stuff, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And here's the, here's the caveat though. You have to have a right mind. And sometimes you need help getting that. Because I had a great foundation and it was shattered when I got, when I was injured emotionally. And I had to get back to that. Okay, good. I like both of those answers, great. All right, so before we can let you go, I need to know if our listeners want to find out more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, best way they can go to my website at www.rescuedrecovery.com. Um, they can go, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as Tracy Brown official. Uh, I usually post there. I've got a, um, one of my Facebook pages is Tracy Brown consulting and I do a, a live every Monday. I'll be doing that in a couple of, uh, about an hour and a half. And I, I do a lot of live encouraging. Um, and we talk about mindset. I, I do a mindset mastery on there every, every Monday at 1230 Pacific Standard Time. And that's Tracy Brown Consulting on Facebook. Excellent. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to talk to you about that. I had watched a couple of those and I found them to be oh. very enlightening. Just, you know, they're, they're nice, uh, nice, encouraging, just little pick-me-ups. You know, 
So. Yeah, I try to keep them under 10 minutes because I know people got a lot of, you know, they're busy, but, you know, just a shot of encouragement throughout the week is kind of nice. I, yes, I think. it is. No, <laughs> I, all for it. I think it's a really good idea. And I, and I like the, the way that you do it. It feels very informal. It doesn't feel like, a, you know, anything clinical or where they have to sit down and really studiously listen to what, what you're saying. So I think it's a very nice thing to, you know, oh, so thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, guys. So this has been Tracy Brown. We've been absolutely thrilled to have her here and I've had a wonderful discussion with her. Again, please go to her website, rescuedrecovery.com. Check out her books, check out her work uh, on not only on Facebook with her Tracy Brown consulting page and the, mind, uh, the Monday Mindset Masteries, uh, but you can also find her on Amazon Prime with Playing Small. You'll, you'll like that as well. So Tracy, again, thank you for being here today on Focus on Forward. Yeah, uh, the Amazon Prime is a series called Speak Up. They can go on the, they can just look it up and if oh, you've yes. got time, you can see it for free. So it's Speak Up, uh, season four, episode five. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you for correcting my, that's, I'm going to make sure people <laughs> find that. So thank you. I just wrote playing small in my notes. I, I should have included the others. So, but thank you for correcting me. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been focused on forward well that concludes another episode of focused on forward to be a guest of focused on forward you can reach us through twitter at podcast fof through our facebook page named focused on forward or through email focused on forward at gmail.com we look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told so until then be safe be kind and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.